You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Psalm 27, Psalm 27, and verse 13, and it says this. I'm not reading the whole verse, but verse 13 says this. I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Is there anybody right there? I would have lost heart. Just saying, just I would have lost heart. I would have. Just tell somebody I would have. I would have. And this is only for this message is only for people who would be honest. If you can't be honest, this message not, may not be for you. But I would have lost heart. Verse 14 says, but wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall do what? He shall strengthen your heart. Wait. Hallelujah. Wait, I say on the Lord. I'm going to go back to that verse 13 again. I would have fainted unless I had believed. I want to talk today and I want to give you a message. I want to give you a, a word to strengthen you today. I want to tell you these words. Don't drop out. I want everybody to say it right now. Don't drop out. If you could just find somebody to lock eyes with, tell them, don't drop out. It's not the time to do it. That's why I thank God for the worship team, what they just sang and how God laid that on their heart. Don't drop out. Father, this time you've given me to minister your word. Father, I pray that you drop me down in your presence. Um, I'm not impressed with me, neither are you, but Father, you want to use me. So I pray, Lord, for this hour, for this moment, these next few seconds, that you open up our hearts to receive what it is that you're saying. Um, let he that hath the ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. While you're seated, say it again. Don't drop out. Yes, I feel so strongly that God wants to speak to us today about this and that he gave me this message particularly for not just you, for me, for everybody. I'm so glad to see Angie. I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm so happy that you're here. And um, all of you, I'm happy all of y'all here. And when I start name dropping, it's not because I love you more. I just happen to see you. Uh, so I'm just so happy. But listen. Um, what I've learned, um, Miles um, is our youngest child, and um, sometimes um, Miles, of course, is really athletic, and um, he's musical as well, but he's athletic, and we see, of course, that on display a lot. Uh, but Miles right now, he's 14, and um, Miles is, for those of you who need to know, uh, Miles is very cut. Like, he's just like, he can just walk around with his shirt off and, you know, just have like 18 packs, you know, on his body and, you know, and, and his arms are like real cut. And, you know, and it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a little much, you know, but uh, that's, that's how he is. And he naturally does it. I mean, it's, I don't think he does anything to be that way. He just is what he is. And um, he eats all the time. So obviously it's not affecting him in any way, his metabolism and all that type of stuff. So he's cut. You know, I tend to uh, do substitute teachings often at his school. I don't teach his class, but some different times I'm substitute teaching. And everybody loves Miles. Everybody loves him, you know, and he's a great kid. He really is. Uh, but I thought about that as I was reflecting in my own life. Um, and I was reflecting back to some of my friends when we were in high school and some of us when we were in college. And I realized in reflection that a lot of the guys then, maybe y'all knew different ones, but a lot of the guys at that time, not all of them, but a lot of us had six packs at that time. Not all of us, but a lot of us had six packs at that time. A lot of us didn't do anything to get them. If you never had it, don't worry about it. But for those of us who did, a lot of us had six packs. A lot of us did. But when I went to reunions and when I go to homecoming and stuff like that, um, they still have one. It's just called a pack. Thank you, Lord. It's just a pack now. It's not a six-pack. It's just a pack. And uh, sometimes the pack's not on the body. Sometimes they're carrying the pack. But anyhow, but, <laughs> but everybody does not have that anymore. And um, I thought about that uh, as it relates to this particular word as well. I know it seems strange, but um, we all st oftentimes start at the same place. Um, there's a little ring, a little hot in my mic. Uh, we all start at the same place, but it's not how we start that is important as it is to how you end. And sometimes we're enamored by how people start. 
um, and how people start out, and the same thing with Miles saying like he's right now has 18 packs and all that type of stuff is great and it's cut and stuff. But when you turn 40, 45, 35, 55, whatever it is, do you still have what you started with? So you have to be careful of getting jealous of someone because they start. You want to see how well they endure. Because some things you get without asking for it, but when you have to have a discipline to maintain that, will you fall out? How long can you maintain the discipline of maintaining what you have right now? Because there are a lot of people, even in ministry and in church and in spiritual walks and stuff like that, there's a song that Luther Barnes sang. It's an older song, and some of you might not know it. Uh, but it, it says, there are many who started out with me, but now they've gone astray. But here I'm still holding on to his hand. And I don't know if you've ever looked back at your life and looked at people who started out sometimes in Christ, started out in church, and you look back on those pictures and see all the children's choir, the youth choir, the conventions, and all these different things you went to. Some of you don't have that experience. But you look back and you see people who are on fire for God, or even in this church experience, people who are ready and willing to, and all of a sudden somewhere, life got them and they allowed life to get them and they dropped out, they faded away. And if you ask them about anything relating to church, they don't want you to ask ask them anything because they get offended, but it seems like there's something in you that won't let you stop. But you, it's not that you didn't want to stop. It's not that you didn't want to drop out, but there was something in you that would not allow you to stop. And sometimes you have to reflect not on all the people who walked away, but look at the fact that you're still here. I want you to just say out loud, I'm still here. I'm still here. And to be able to thank God for that. Sometimes we forget to thank God for the stamina that he's given us and for the stickability that he's given us and for the prayer life that God has developed in you. We, pray, we, we, we are so focused sometimes on the pain that we're enduring and what we're experiencing that we forget that in the midst of the pain his presence has never left us they're in the midst of that that's why psalms 23 talks about even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me and i thank him for his rod i thank him for the times he corrected me and i thank him for the staff the times he pulled me back in because it's not that i didn't want to stray but i thank him for loving me enough to pull me back in is there anybody that can give god a praise in the room to say i'm here right now because he pulled me it's not because i willingly wanted to but i thank god for the day for the hour for the moment that he snatched my little rebellious self and before I knew it I said Lord here I am again I'm so sorry I thought that the world has something that I didn't need but father I found out that you are the source of my strength you are the strength of my life I decided to lift my hands one more time in total praise to you because when my enemies and my foes came upon me they stumbled and fell though a host should rise against me in this will I be confident I have learned that you are all I need and had I not got, had, had you not got a hook in me I would have stayed where I was but thank you someone say thank him for the hook thank you for the hook sometimes you got to give God a hook praise it's not that it's not that I've been so holy and it's not that I've been so righteous and it's not that I speak in tongues all the days of my life but I thank him that sometimes he bridled my tongue sometimes he closed my mouth sometimes he, he straddled my uh, my arms sometimes he grabbed my feet and said come back here don't you walk in that path I thank him for hooking me Learn how to thank him for those times that he had a hook in me. I look back on people, and Guillaume and I talk about all the time, people who, many times, there are lots of people in the era we were in in college who were announcing their call to preach, and everybody wanted to preach because it was a popular thing. It's popular now, but it really was then because everybody wanted to preach. Everybody, we were going to everybody's initial sermons, everybody. Everybody was preaching. And we look back on that, and out of all the 20 people who was preaching then, probably five of them are now. I'm not saying they turn their back on God, but sometimes you are not, you, you don't, you, you, you overlook the discipline that comes with what you think is glory. So we look and we see what we think is glory and don't realize that with that comes testing, with that comes trial, with that comes patience, with that comes prayer. With that comes an ability to be able to walk through all different types of things. Come on, Paul. He says, be instant in season 
and an out of season. I know you do well preaching when everything is going well, but can you preach when it does not seem like everything is going well and you feel like you're in a well? Can you still proclaim all is well when everything seems to be crumbling around you? Can you still be up on the cross and still look at your accusers and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Do you do know that forgiveness is a strong part of ministry? You cannot strike the people that he wants you to heal. So a lot of people were not able to stay because the glamour was not always there. And sometimes you had to preach to yourself before you preach to the people. And all times you preach, you will not preach to a packed house. So if you're preaching for the crowd, you'll be, you might as well stop now. Because sometimes he'll have you preach to three. And you got to preach to three just like you would preach to 3,000. You got to preach to 50 like you would preach to 50,000. There, uh, for those of you who have been with me for any length of time, I hope that you know by now, whether it's 10 of y'all or 1,000 of y'all or 100 of y'all, I'm still going to preach and pray and prophesy and believe and worship as if this house is full because I'm not preaching for the full. I'm preaching for the few because if I can be faithful over a few, he'll give me more. But if I'm not faithful over the few, he can't give me more. And I want him to say, well done. Someone say, I want a well done. So, I don't know where I was going with that, but excuse me. But I thought about that as it relates to our enamoring with starting and not finishing. I'm at a point now, I want to finish well. I want to finish. Is there anybody else in the room that I just would, I want to finish well. I, want, I don't want to stop mid-stride. I don't want to stop. And, and I was really, the Lord gave me this word, and I was like, Lord, you really want me to preach this? He said, yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm in a series right now. He said, your series is over. You're done. They're going to give or they ain't. You're done. Finish it. So, so for this Vision Sunday, I was like, all right, this is what you want me to say. And two confirmations came to me this week. Someone called me this week, and they said, hey, I was listening. I was going through some things and going through a hard season in my life, and I was looking for a message from you. I said, I just want to, maybe a word will help me. And they said, instead of me missing, listening or finding a message, I actually found a song you wrote. I didn't even know you came out with that song a few years ago, and the song was called See It. And I start listening to the song, and when I heard the song, the chorus was saying, I can see it, I can do it, I, I, I see it, I believe it, I can do anything because of Christ, my dreams save flight, now now I can see it, I can do it, I can, I can do anything. And I was like, that song really encouraged me because I was at a season where I felt like I was going to drop out. But I kept listening to that song. I said, I can do anything. I can do anything. And I was like, well, well, praise the Lord. The song I wrote ministered to you. song I forgot about. And nobody was singing it. It wasn't in top charts. But I'm so glad it ministered to you. Praise the Lord. So I did that. And then after that, I went to go get my haircut the other day. And while I was, uh, God was talking, you know, guys always talking to haircut. I know women do too. But I've never been a woman. All I've been is a man. But in our barbershop, the guys were talking. And that's the barbershop. He was talking to the other barber. And he was like, man, he talked to me. He was like, man, I'm just sick. A people giving up. And I was like, what do you mean? Mind you, this man's not even in church at all. He was just like, I'm just tired of people giving up. It's like everything is just making people stop. And they were talking about that. He said, he said Mario, he said, you know, you need to talk to people and tell them to stop fumbling the bag. I said, what does it mean to fumble the bag? He said, tell people to stop dropping out. God gave me this word already. I'm in a barbershop, not in the church, not in prayer. But my barber said, tell the people to stop dropping out. He said, you need to preach that. I said, are you going to come? He said, no, but preach it. <laughs> and here I am with that word being confirmed again. Like, I'm trying to tell y'all people, it's not worth stopping yet. It's not worth it. There's more to, you, there's, there's more to this story than what you think. There's more to this season than what you think. And I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. But I'm telling you, don't drop out right now. Don't do it. So when we look at this story, and let me get to this word, and when we look at this, and we look at this time, David wrote this, this particular psalm, Psalm 27. David was going through. For those of you who feel like there are people in the Bible who don't relate to you, David was going through. David was called, and he was confronted. 
He had a confrontational call. Didn't ask for the call. But from the time the oil was put on him to the time he got in seat, somebody always wanted his seat. Saul didn't want him to be in the position. Then later on he got in position and his own son rose up against him. Sometimes in the midst of your call, you will be tested. You will be tested to see how called are you. David wrote it in the midst. I feel like preaching today. David, in the midst of this psalm, he wrote and he opened up this, uh, this psalm. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When he said, the Lord is my light, he said, it's dark all around me. But, Lord, you are the illumination of my life. You are the one who illuminates my path. I'm trying to tell you, I don't care how dark it is, he's a light. Someone say he's a light. I know some of you want to get a light, but I'm telling you, he is the light. He said, the Lord is my light. And my salvation, if my salvation is not talking about just making your confession of faith, he's not only the one who lights my path, he's the one who delivers me in the midst of darkness. I don't care if you're in a dark season, I feel like preaching today, excuse me, I don't care if you're in a dark season or in a dark path, he is still a deliverer. He is still a deliverer. I know we don't preach about deliverance anymore, and I know you depend on 12 steps, but when you have no 12 steps, he is still a deliverer. He can snatch that taste from your mouth, he can snatch that habit from you. I know he's a deliverer. I know he's a deliverer. I want somebody in the room to say he is a deliverer. And if you ask me how I know it, because he delivered me. There is no way I should be here today. There is no way I should be in church today. There is no way I should be paying attention to a preacher right now. Heck, I want to be a pimp, and he made me a preacher. He is a deliverer. The Lord is my light. And he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I don't have time to be afraid of stuff that can't light my path. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When I'm weak, he gives me strength. Whom shall I be afraid? Then it goes on. David says, when, not if, not possibly, but when the wicked came against me. If you think you're not going to have haters, you will. When. Someone say when. This is in the Bible. I'm not preaching anything that's not in the word. He says, when the wicked came against me to do what? To eat up my flesh. They wanted me. They didn't want me to succeed. They didn't want me to go forward. My enemies and my foe. What happened? God allowed them to stumble and they fell. I don't want you to clap back at nobody. You don't have to post no subliminal message. You don't have to talk about nobody. You don't have to pass no group T. You don't have to do nothing. They will stumble and fail. God will not let your life go to waste. God will not let their words fall on you. God will cause them to stumble and fall. Y'all don't even know how to praise them in the right season. You've been clapping back and trying to cuss people out. Close your mouth and let God handle it. Someone say God's going to take care of it. Verse 5 says, though, though, verse 3 says, though an army may encamp against me. You mad at one person. There concerns. There's some season where there's a whole bunch of stuff happening all at once. Is there anybody in the room right now who's ever experienced a whole lot of stuff? It's not just one thing. When somebody asks you what's going on, you say you don't have the time to hear it. You don't even have the moment to listen to all the stuff that I have going on. It feels like an army. It feels like an army all around me. He says, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Oh, this is David writing, and this is why I want to encourage you. He said, though war may rise against me, in this will I still be confident. Do you realize how he's going in and out of what's going on, but then he still makes his confession in the Lord? Some of you are still over here in the battle, but you haven't reminded yourself of the confession. Just because I'm going through doesn't mean my confession changes. He said, though war rises against me, I'm still confident. Somebody say, I'm still confident. I preach if I had a praying church, I still will be confident. Someone say, I'll still be confident. Verse 4 says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. He didn't say, take me out of the battle. He didn't say, take me out of the storm. He didn't say, calm the raging fire. He didn't say, take the arrows away. He said, one thing have I desired. What do you desire, David? That I may seek the Lord. He said, the only thing I want is to be in his presence. In the midst of what I'm going through, i got to be in his presence. Someone say, get me to his presence. 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 Someone say it again. Get me to his presence. One thing have I desired that will I seek what? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Take me to the house. I'd rather go through, but let me go through while I'm in the house. I'd rather go through in the house than be outside of the house getting my tail whooped. 
put me back in the house because as long as I'm in the house, come here, Psalms 91. He that dwells in the secret place, excuse me, he that dwells in the house, in the sacred place of the Most High God shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Somebody say, get in the house. Get in the house. Someone say, get in the house. Point to five people around you. Say, get in the house. Get in the house. Get in the house. I feel like preaching like I'm going to go to the potter's house next week. Somebody say, get in the house. Get in the house. I've been out of the house too long. I've been going through too long. I've been getting whipped. I've been worn out. I've got to get back to the house. I've got to get back to daddy's house. I've got to get back to daddy's house. I'd rather be with daddy than be with the devil. I'd rather get to the house. Somebody say, get to the house. Get to the house. One thing that I desired, seek after that might get into the house all the days of my life to do what? To behold this beauty. <laughs> to inquire in this temple. I got questions that need answered. I got things I need to ask. I got to inquire, but I can't ask questions outside the house. Because I'm asking questions of people that can't help me. I'm asking questions of people who don't know how to support me. So I got to get in the house. Why do I need to get in the house? Come on, Brandon. Why? Because he made the house. So if he made the house and he is the author and he is the finisher, then he knows about what I'm going through. So he knows about what's happening. So why am I asking somebody who doesn't know what's going on? I need to talk about somebody who knows my beginning from my ending, who made me fearfully and wonderfully, and I need to talk to my daddy in the house. Someone say, get in the house. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. I don't want you to skip over that, Marissa. In the time of trouble, he'll hide me. Didn't say he takes me out of the trouble. It said he hides me in the midst of trouble. Uh oh, you can't get out of stuff, but he can hide you in the stuff. Some things you can't get out of, but he can hide you in the midst of it. He has the ability of taking that thing that was trying to destroy you and allowing you to walk out of it as if you were never in it. Have you ever had a flashback and looked at the things in your life that you just knew was going to destroy you? And you look back at that thing and you say, he must have hid me. Do you know how special you are for God to have hid you? I think of Moses. And when Moses was born, it says that he was hidden because he was beautiful. Because there was a call on his life, God said, I got to hide you. Because there was a decree that everybody be dead. But his mother looked at him and said, oh, no, there's too much on him. I've got to hide him. There are some of you who think you're left out. Some of you think that God has forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. For this season, he's got to hide you. Because if you are exposed too fast, you might mess it up. So sometimes you need to thank God. I think I wrote a song called that. I think you need to thank God that you're hidden. Somebody lift your hands and say, thank you, God, for hiding me. Thank you for keeping me out of the radar of the enemy. In the time of trouble, I love his word. I'm sorry. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle. Do you know there are spots in God that no one can hide, find you? <laughs> there is a place in God that no one can find you. In his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me up upon a high rock. Lord, I love this word. He shall set me up upon a high rock. He can promote you in the midst of a storm. He shall set me high up on a rock. He's going to set me up while I'm being set up. Y'all missed it. He set me up while I'm being set up. Say it again. He sets me up while I'm being set up. They think it's for evil. God set me up for good. 
Someone say he set me up. <laughs> oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Woo, I cash up myself. He said, it goes on. He said, he set me up on high rock. Verse 6 says, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Those of you who have a Bible app, I hope you follow on this. It's Psalm 27. Now my head shall be lifted up all around me. Therefore, I will, offer, I will offer sacrifices of joy in this tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I'll sing to him. In the midst of what I'm going through, I can't stop praising. Hear, O Lord, when I cry. Have mercy on me and answer me. He says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, thy face will I seek. Now, I want you to miss this part. God said, seek me. David responded and said, I will seek you. Hear this. It's not enough for you to say what God said and not respond to what he said. God said, seek me. David said, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. You can't just say that was a good word and then not respond to the good words you heard. God says a lot of things that we don't respond to. David said, I heard you say, seek me, so I decided to seek you. I'm telling you, some of your answer might be on the other side of you doing it. When God said, seek my face, my heart said, thy face, O Lord. Someone say, seek him, seek him. Don't get quiet on the seek part. We can't get so excited about him hiding me, but I'm not excited about seeking him. Don't want so much from him and, 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 and want him to expect so little from you. Oh, he's a present help. Yes, but how helpful are you to him? <laughs> it goes back. Like I can't just want a word and not give a word. I can't want him to be the offering and I give no offer. <laughs> it goes both ways. Someone say that like it goes both ways. I don't want you to just shout it out and not walk it out. You can't say, God, heal me, but your eating habits won't change. You can't say, God, bless me with a new job, and then you get the better income, but yet your habits are the same. You got a promotion on the job and got a $10,000 increase, but then you got a car that's still over your budget, so now you're still in poverty. When God makes a way, he also makes a way in you to change. Someone say, seek him. I'm going to go back because y'all want to shout. Let me come back. My heart said, your face, Lord, what I seek. He says, do not hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. David says this because sometimes when you go through, you feel like God is hiding. I don't know if anybody's ever felt that way. Where you prayed and feel like he's not hearing. Well, you sought him and you feel like nothing is working, nothing is happening. David, in the midst of this storm, David, in the midst of this trial, what he's going through, he says, don't turn your face away from me. He says, don't turn me away in anger. He said, you have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. He said, it's not in your nature to abandon me. Don't abandon me. Don't go against your nature. Your nature is to be with me. Don't go against your nature. Even when I turn from your nature... Don't you turn from your nature. Even when I go against the character that you placed in me, please don't leave me because I don't know how much I need you until you leave me. I don't know how much I value you until you're not where I need you to be. Lord, I'm asking you, I'm going through, but don't leave me while I'm going through. If anything, come closer to me while I'm going through. If anything, someone say, don't leave me. And the verse 10 says, he says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. When they abandon me, when they're gone, when they're not what I need them to be, when they're not there for me, when they don't understand me right now. And I don't know if you ever experienced that. When they're not there or when they leave me physically, when they're gone eternally to another place, then you take care of me. I find out that where there is a void in life, you are that. You have been that for me. You have fathered me. You have mothered me. You have been a sister for me. You've been a brother for me. You've been a provider for me. I've learned you through going through. Is there anybody in the room who's learned God just by going through some things? When it went from life, uh, went from you talking about grandmama's God to him being your God. Yeah. 
He says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. He said, teach me your way, O Lord. He said, lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me over to the uh, adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me. And such has breathed out cruelty. So all these different things, are he's going through the ebb and flows. Look at this. He's going through the ebbs and flows. And I want to say that to many of you all right now. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you won't have a fight. For those of you who have faith, but you think because of your faith you won't have a fight, it doesn't work like that. You have the ebbs and the flows of both. You have the blessings and you have the persecutions. You have both going on at the same time. But what I want you don't to drop out, the first thing I don't want you to drop out on, it took me all that time, because he says, I would have lost heart. This is how he concludes his scripture. All that stuff he said. He said, I, 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 when I consider all the stuff I've been going through, when I consider all the things that's been happening, he said, I would have fainted. I would have stopped. I just want to stop there for a moment. Have you ever been in a would-have season? You can fill in the blank or whatever it was. But I, he says, I would have fainted. But he goes on and says, unless I had believed. The first thing I don't want you to drop out on, I don't want you to drop out on your faith. The enemy is after your belief system to get you to stop believing. David went through all those ebbs and flows, all those different things, all those valleys, all those peaks, all those mountains, all that stuff. And he concluded that thing and said, I would have fainted unless I had faith. I want to ask you, what are you believing in this season? What are you believing right now? And if you're not believing, I want to ask you why. Who took your belief from you? Who did you allow to take the place of God? Who did you allow to take your faith, your belief, when did you stop believing? Listen, church, I'm going to tell you this, however solemn this may be. I am really uh, spiritually drained of people who have praise breaks but no faith. God is not looking for your shout. He's looking for your faith. We cannot walk around and praise stuff we don't believe. Praise break is not predicated upon the band track. Praise is predicated upon my belief life. Where I believe, whether it is a worship team, whether it is not, I still believe. That's what the Hebrew boy said. Whether you deliver us or not, I still believe God is able. And I want to know, is there anybody in the room who's in the midst of a battle, but you still believe? If there's anybody in the room who can say, I know what I'm going through, but I still believe. Still got belief. Parents, teach your children belief. Teach them faith. Just because they fail doesn't mean it's final. Just because that girl didn't like them doesn't mean there's not another one. Come on, Beyonce, I can get another you in a minute. You have to teach them. It's not trying to teach them to, to, to swap out things like they swap out socks, but to be able to say, don't you ever put your faith in a person. People will drop you. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in God and trust that he will lead you to the right person, but you've got to trust him. Someone say, I believe. He said, I would have fainted unless I believed. Fainted means faint. That's what it means. I would have dropped out. I would have stopped. There is, uh, Sister Angie, there is no praise like the praise you have when you decide to praise while you're in pain. There is nothing like a prayer when you choose to pray. When you're in the midst of pressure. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody and this makes sense to anybody. But there is no type of breakthrough 
that you get when you choose to trust him in the midst of things falling apart all around you. But in the midst of everything falling apart, you say, but I still trust you. I still believe in you. I still love you. I still believe there's no God like you. I still believe you're worthy of all praise. I still believe you're worthy of all glory. Everything seems to be falling apart, but I decided in my life that I will trust you come what may. My answer is still yes. David said, I would have fainted unless I had a yes. I would have fainted unless I had a belief system. I want to check your system. How is your system? When things don't work, is it because your system's not set up to work? Because if you have a system, no matter what happens, the system works because it's set up to work. When things fall apart, check the system. Like when people used to say, I can't get in touch with my pastor. That's why things are going on. I'm not your God. It's real quiet in this Episcopal church. I'm not your God. I didn't save you. I didn't raise you. And though I want to be there for you, I cannot be all things to you. I cannot be exalted above your God. I don't have that much power. The same God you need is the same God I need. But we don't talk about that, so we put all our faith in one person, so when the pastor fails, your faith fails. I can't believe he did. How can you put more faith in a, in a human man than you put in an eternal God? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge who? And he shall do what? Direct your path. Someone say, I believe him. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. That's the other part. He said, I don't want to drop out of my faith, and I don't want to drop out in my vision. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have fainted unless I believed to do what? To see. I would have stopped unless I believed and unless I saw. Sometimes you got to see a thing before it becomes a thing. Sometimes you got to see it before you see it. Oh, I said something. Sometimes you got to see it before you see it. And for those of you like that makes no sense. Some things happen in you before it happens outside of you. Come on, Habakkuk. Write the vision. Come on, preach Mario. Write the vision. Make it plain so that he may run who reads it. You can't run unless I saw it first. Growth point would have happened unless I saw it first. I saw y'all before you saw me. I was looking for you. I was praying for you. I was believing for you. Before you got here, you have to have vision for it to come to pass he said I would have fainted unless I believed what did I believe that I would see Whew. I want everybody to confess right now I will see better say it again I will see better say it one more time I will see better you can't just believe for better that you don't see I govern my life I govern my life Based on what I see. The vision thing that was from my Masha. That video that y'all saw earlier, 2022, is not even here yet. But I see it before I'm in it. I can't wait till January. But I see it. And I've got to prepare for what I see. Someone say, prepare for what you see. Somebody say, prepare for what you see. Matter of fact, praise for what you're preparing for. I remember testimony services. Huh? Ooh, excuse me. I remember testimony service where somebody would get up and they would say, I want to thank God for the car. I want to thank God for the job. I want to thank God for the promotion. I want to thank God for that. And they would keep going. And they would say, you keep thanking God for the same thing. They say, I'm going to thank him until it happens. There's a story of this woman, excuse me, I just, whew, I'm feeling myself today. There's a story of this woman who had, who had cleaned these particular upscale people's house for a long time. 
Every time she had cleaned, she had cleaned this house. And finally, it was the last day for her to clean. Uh, the man said, hey, today you don't have to take the bus home. He said, today my driver will take you home. So the driver put the lady in the car who had been cleaning for years, who had raised her children, all that type of stuff, took them home. He took her to the hood where he thought she lived. She said, no, keep driving. He said, but this is where you, he said, yeah, keep going. Went through that, went through the suburb, sub, suburb. He said, maybe she lives in the suburb. She said, no, keep driving. Finally got to a place where it was a gated community. She said, here's the cold. Took her through the gates, pulled in front of this mansion. He said, do you clean this house? She said, no, I live here. And he said, but you've been cleaning this house for years. She said, while I was cleaning, I was saving. Because I saw myself not just cleaning your house. I saw myself owning a house. So I said, I see myself better. So I'm going to clean my way there. So I'm trying to tell somebody today, I want you to stop looking over menial things and menial seasons. And don't despise the day of small beginnings. I want you to clean until you get it. I want you to praise until you get it. But I want you to see yourself better. Someone say, I see better. Preach, black boy. Somebody say, better. Said I would have lost heart, heart uh, unless I had believed. And then he said, I would, I would have lost heart unless I had believed, unless I would see. What did I want to see? I wanted to see the goodness. Whew. That's why PJ, they were all up in the message today, that he's still good. I got to see the goodness of the Lord. I want somebody to holler out right now. I'm, try, I'm sorry, y'all, but it's the last Sunday of the year, and some of y'all didn't even think you were going to make it to December. But I want you to holler out right now. He's still good. Somebody say, he's still good. He's still good. Somebody holler out, he's still good. He said, I would, I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. I need to see his goodness. I need to see his goodness. I've seen the gloom, but I got to see his goodness. Somebody say, he's still good he's still good the lord is good and his mercy endures forever the lord is good and his mercy endures forever i said the lord is good and his mercy endures forever i would have fainted unless i had believed to see the goodness of the lord now where did I he want to see the goodness of the Lord, Mama Emma? I'm glad you asked me the question. He said, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, I don't want you to miss this thing because you are not presently in the land of the living. You are presently in the land of the dying. We ain't in the land of the living. But he said, one day, I ain't going to be where dying is. One day, I'm going to be where the wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. One day I'm gonna be where there will be no more dying. One day I'm gonna be where there will be no more crying. One day I will be where there will be no more shady people. One day I will be there. But until I get there, I'm gonna keep on believing until I see it. Somebody say, I'm gonna keep on believing until I see it. He said, I'm going to see the land. I'm going to see that goodness of the Lord where my grandmama is and where my granddaddy is. I'm going to be up there with that great cloud of witnesses. I'm going to pull off my robe and I'm going to tell the story about how I made it over. I know we don't even shout about heaven no more because everybody don't want, everybody wants to die but don't nobody want to die. Everybody wants to live but don't nobody want to die. Now I'm telling you, we all going to die someday. We all going to leave this day after. That's what the scripture says. But if this earthly tabernacle if this tent shall dissolve I've got another building somebody say I've got another building I've got another building can we just give God praise for heaven can we give God praise for heaven I know you don't want to talk about heaven but I'm going there one day I don't know when I'm going and Mel I ain't in no hurry but I want to practice heaven right now some of y'all don't like this noise down here but you might as well not go to heaven because when I get there they're going to be hound hallelujah glory to the Lamb, and the angels are going to be upset, and they're going to be looking and saying, who are these people that don't belong up here? And Jesus is going to sit on his throne, and Danielle, he's going to say, these are they 
who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Is there anybody in here that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb? We don't shout about the blood no more. But oh, the blood of Jesus is the only reason I'm alive. It's because of his blood. And one day, when I get to heaven, I thank God for my granddaddy. I thank God for my grandmama. And I thank God for the host of other people that are going to be there. But when I get to heaven, I ain't worried about them. I want to say thank you to my Savior who redeemed me. Come on here, Thomas said, you can't leave us. I don't know where you're going. Jesus said, I prepare a place for you that where I am, you shall be also. Somebody thank God that he already got a place for me. I don't have to wonder where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And if anybody asks you where I'm going, tell them I got a place. I got a place. There's no way I could live this life if I didn't know I already had a place. There's no way I could go through this life if I didn't know I already had a place. That's why I can go through what I go through because I would have fainted unless I believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord where? In the land of the living. I don't want to stop there Mother Joanne because I know you want me to finish the scripture but the last part of the scripture says he says wait on the Lord somebody said wait on him somebody said wait on him somebody said wait on him the last thing I don't want you to drop out on your pursuit what is my pursuit? My pursuit is in what I do. He says, wait on the Lord. I didn't mean to get turned up like this. I planned to teach. I'm sorry. He says, well, wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait? It doesn't mean to just sit here. It doesn't mean to just sit here and Netflix and chill. It doesn't mean just to sit here. and I'm just waiting on him to pick me up. I'm just waiting on him. I don't know when he's going to come through, but I'm just sitting here waiting. No, the word wait is not passive. The word wait is active. The word wait, wait means that until he comes, he's going to find me working. Until he comes, he's going to find me serving. Until he comes, he's going he's to have to tap me on my shoulder because I'm going to be so busy working on his kingdom until he comes that he's going to have to tap me so much it's going to have to be like a trumpet that sounds to get my attention because I'm after and it reminds me the last time I was at the restaurant Mel and I went on a date yesterday we were eating breakfast and the whole time we were eating breakfast it was a wonderful, wonderful experience wonderful time while we were sitting there we kept getting interrupted because the waiter kept coming to the table waiter was a good waiter but she kept coming and I noticed while she was coming, she wasn't coming to disturb us. She was coming to see, do we need anything else? Because she was a waiter. She did not wait for me to get her attention. She came to me to get my attention. And I want to ask anybody, when is the last time you got God's attention? When is the last time your praise got God's attention. When is the last time your worship got God's attention? And you said, excuse me, sir. I just want to praise you. Excuse me, sir. I just want to tell you how good you are. Excuse me, sir. I want to thank you for the breath of my body. Excuse me, sir. Thank you for my children. Excuse me, sir. Thank you for letting me survive COVID. Excuse me, sir. Thank you for being my friend. Excuse me, sir. Thank you for holding me up. Excuse me, sir. Thank you for drying my tears. Excuse me, sir. I don't want nothing, but I just want to tell you thank you. Can we just have a moment in the room that we say, excuse me, sir. This praise is all about you. This worship is all about you. This worship is all about you. Somebody in the room, open your mouth. Say thank you. Somebody say thank you. If I were in my culture church, I would say, Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you 
for being so good to me. I want to thank you for being so good to me. I want to thank you for being so good to me. I'm sorry, y'all. We've been praising God for houses, but I want to thank you for being good to me. Thank you for pumping air in my body. Thank you for letting my heart beat. Thank you that I still got my mind. Thank you that I can still hear. Thank you that I can still walk. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for praise. Thank you for God the Father. Thank you for Jesus the Son. Thank you for the Holy Ghost because I needed the Holy Ghost. I needed a language. I needed power. Thank you for power. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. He'll strengthen your heart. He'll strengthen your heart. He'll strengthen your heart. You want strength? Wait on him. If you're weak, it's because you ain't waiting. But if you want strength, wait on him. Somebody said, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Because I got one more word. Angie, my Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. Somebody say, I'm going to wait on them. I know this year's been hard. And I know it's been a struggle. But I made a decision on the last Sunday of this year. What I'm going to do is while I'm waiting, I'm going to wait on him. While I'm in between, I'm going to worship him. Matter of fact, take the next 60 seconds and say, God, this is all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. I need more strength. I need more strength. I need more strength. And you are the strength. You are the source of my strength. I'm going to wait on you. Take care of my family. Take care of my children. Take care of my home. Take care of my city. Take care of my job. Take care of my community. Take care of my cousins. Take care of it. Everything I need is in you. Take care of my mind. Take care of my finances. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Hey, wait. Wait on him. I didn't mean to get caught up like this. I didn't mean to be like this. But I want to tell you, I'm waiting on him. I've waited on him and I've seen his goodness. I've seen his kindness. I've seen his grace. I've seen his mercy. Anybody else seen it? Anybody else seen it? Give God glory for what you've seen. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.